only. The soul of Detroit. Can give you Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah! All in one night. First, it's turkey, dressing, and a whole bunch of peanuts. It's a John Windsor Thanksgiving. Then, Christmas comes early with the biggest... I must stop this from coming. Best holiday movie event of the season. I'm all ghosty inside. It's the network television premiere of How. ML Elric. Stole Christmas. Thursday, November 25th at 8, 7 central only on The Soul of Detroit. You asked to rock the truck. It's gone. What are you doing? What are you doing? That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You might be qualified, Emil. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now? Hey, kids. It's your old pal, ML Elric, coming to you live from Chicago. While uh, the usual gang of idiots hangs out there in the basement. Nice microphone. Sound wonderful too. Yeah, nice microphone. You're in a tin can in Chicago. We need to prepare for this. Look how bummed out he is already. <laughs> Look at him. They're gonna fix it. As I was saying, I don't miss these jokers, but uh, <laughs> this is not a sports podcast. We will be talking about a little sports, but we'll also be talking about a great cause. That's of course the Killer Cares event that's coming up December second at the Lodge Bar and Grill in Kego Harbor. And Matt Riley, who's the impresario. Of all things good and decent, and a little bit of Wolverine stuff is joining us too. But first, we want to tell you about a couple of people who make this show possible. That's Dave Huppard at the Butchery, thebutcherysl.com. If you didn't get your turkey from uh, the Butchery, you should get your order in for next year. We had one at my house this year, it was fantastic. My 82 year old mother in law said it's the best turkey she's ever had. Uh, and if you knew my brother in law, that's saying quite a bit. So if you want to get your great meats, treats, and eats at the butchery, you can give them a call at 248-682-COWS. That's 248-682-COWS if you went to a football school like the University of Michigan. When you go to the butchery, oh, yeah, you guys know how to spell cows. It's Moo U. What's that? Nothing. Go ahead. Oh, I continue. thought Michigan was a football school now because you, you guys finally won a game. You can hear the rip when you listen back to the podcast. Oh, geez. Do I have to listen back to it? Isn't that, isn't that sort of like John McCain going back to Hanoi Hilton? <laughs> yeah, but exactly. this time they make him stay. <laughs> and Trump is his cellmate. Um, so when you go to the butchery, as I was saying before I so rudely interrupted, uh, you'll find out why Chef Dave and Chef Julie say, don't just eat meat, experience it. The butchery is on Sylvan Lake Road in Orchard Lake. They're closed Mondays and Tuesdays, but every other day of the week, get in there and get some good stuff. So we had quite a football weekend. Um, Sean, I think you were in Ann Arbor, right? I was, and I'm going to give you a second to think of some more similes. But in the meantime, maybe you have Is some. Is that ear- where they sent the B team? Maybe you have some earbuds. Do you have a little bag around there, a little something? Because you could talk. If you put them in, you could talk into a microphone on the earbud. Wait, so so you had a here podcast? We go. Here we go. Some, now some we have, a, we have another like live guest. And now you're a pro? We have no, another, I'm not a pro at all. I, I just this. we have a live guest in the studio, so you two are going to fight again. No, we're not fighting at all. I'm just I'm politely asking him sincerely, with a lot of love in my heart, and wondering There's if a lot you, of if sheen you, on that dome. If you have, well, that's fine too. You're right. I'm bald. I wondered though if you actually had some earbuds. Ladies and gentlemen, the United States Second President John Adams joins us, just as popular today <laughs> as he was back then. <laughs> Well, you have a separated at birth today. You look just like, uh, and you're the one that came up with it, right, Sean? 
I'm out. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear my my. <laughs> Look at the pants. Oh, he's leaving. Where's he going? Look at the U- the MSU sweatpants. Or those might be his pajamas. I'm not sure. We don't even know what he's in Chicago for, do we? No, he won't tell us. I don't know why. Oh, he changed. No, why? Oh, he changed. Whoa. So now it's just going to loop so back. Gonna... Yeah. And now we can hear him talk. I think you might want to disconnect those now. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Thanks for trying, though. Thanks for doing it before the show. Yeah, that was a nice try. You okay there? Can you hear us, ML? I think you need to okay. change. I can't hear you through these devices that Sean said would work so well. <laughs> those were his hearing aids. He needs to change the batteries. <laughs> so bummed. I love. I every week he gets so bummed out. I met the kind of plug. Oh, now in. his Zoom is totally shut down too. I know. Okay. I met the kind well, of plug in that you have a microphone that hangs on the cord, right? Oh, I knew exactly what you meant. I mean, I would have done that. You would have done that. He would have done that. Anyway, is he gone on Zoom, or can you guys see him on Zoom? Sorry. There you can see him. What'd you say the name was, Matt? Uh, Herbie? No. Her, uh, Herbie the dentist from Rudolph. Yeah. Absolutely. Because he's uh, got a little winter cap, and he's got a little tuft of blonde ha- hair sticking out. Uh, he just, he's, and he belongs on the <laughs> He's got a head to the hey, island. Hey, Sean. <laughs> Sean, you do look like Herbie's boss. Yeah. It won't be long, won't be long yeah. Elric, before you're on the island of misfit toys. Trust me. <laughs> Actually, I think uh, I think uh, you may be there right now, man. I'm uh, I'm uh, at an undisclosed location. I'm in a safe house. That's, tell, where, that's where I spend every Christmas. Is the island of misfit toys? Tell us uh, why you're in Chicago, Mikey. Uh, because after not making really any sacrifice whatsoever, I didn't get out of town for a whole year, so I decided it's time to hit the road and spend some time with my wife away from uh, phone calls and. Uh, and idiots, uh, kind of batting 500, but, um, well, good. You actually, I'm batting zero because I'm on a phone call. Damn it. You deserve it didn't work time. out at all. So it's a, so it's a, a break, a vacation. That's nice. You deserve it. As, as readers of the free press say, uh, you deserve a break too, Sean. Please take some time off. <laughs> I think I will. Excellent. And you know, if you're, if you're out and about and you're looking for a way to, to blow off some steam, why not check out the Kaju cafe? It's an East side institution. Last week, you may have heard Laith Al Sadi who dropped in and performed a few tunes live for us where well, he's playing live this weekend at the Kaju. That's December 3rd and 4th. You can get tickets at eventbrite.com or you can find a link at our website, mlsoldetroit.com. He takes the stage at the Cadu Cafe this weekend, and you can find out about all the live music and all the great events going on at the Cadu Cafe by going to caducafe.com. It's a great place to feather bowl, have a drink, hear some live music, meet some friends, and just in general, have a good time. And now they have pinball. So they pretty much got it all at the Cadu Cafe. Everything but us, but we will be doing a live broadcast from there soon. So stick around for more details on that to be announced in the new year. Beautiful. Now you want to welcome in our guest? Yes, Mr. Matt Riley here, one of the most benevolent, beneficent guys you'll ever meet, the uh, major domo, which I think is a good thing, behind the Killers Cares event. This is a huge fundraiser for kids' charities, and Matt supports just about every good cause you can find. Um, Matt, thanks for all you do, and tell us a little bit about what's going on this Thursday, December 2nd, at the Lodge. 
Well, I, I appreciate the intro. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I could live up to that at all, especially uh, after my performance on Saturday and my performance down here on Sunday night. So you sound fantastic compared to how you sounded on Sunday, uh, both on Drew and Mike and on Fox Two. It, it's it's amazing what a full eight hours of sleep will do. <laughs> well, it's funny because I talked to you on Friday. I'm like, you're going to need a nap come Tuesday because you were just running all over the place and. Got it all in. Instead, last you decided night. to come here. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we uh, we're, we're really looking forward to this uh, Thursday night uh, at the lodge in Kego Harbor, uh, which is right, by the way, right down the road from the butchery. Um, so uh, you know, we missed last year because of COVID. So with a year off, um, we decided to get uh, a little more aggressive with our uh, fundraising along sponsorships. And uh, sitting here today, we're uh, just in funds raised through a, donate, a handful of donations and a lot of sponsorships where ML, you'll appreciate this. We took the, uh, the University of Michigan route, if you will, and basically sponsored any, everything we could. Uh, you know, <laughs> the, uh, what, 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 is, what does Michigan do, uh, Mark? What is the, uh, the, the name of the head coach? Oh, the Jay Ira and Nikki yeah. Harris family uh, head coach. I think that's who. Uh, yeah. I think that's who sponsors it. Yeah, exactly. So we basically sponsor- wonderful family. Yeah, we not, be- not at all egotistical douchebags. No, uh, your school does it too. So we basically no, we don't. We have the we have the Matt Ishbia just forked over a lot of money, but didn't insist that his name be put on the coach's <laughs> oh, title. I'm, I'm going to look this up because I'm almost pretty sure that the head coach is endowed. It is it, 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 about my, it might be. is that some sort of crack? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, colleges need all the money they can get. Types. Wait, wait, wait. Can we? Mark said he thinks that the I know. Head I, I realized the phrasing endowed. was. I realized the phrasing was a little poor. Yeah. Okay. Oh dear. <laughs> I mean, okay. yeah. So anyway, I digress. Um, so basically, we're sitting here now. Uh, we should walk in the doors Thursday uh, afternoon with about eighty thousand dollars already raised. Damn. Um, yeah. So we, uh, you know, we've got uh, just a great crew this year. Great. You guys have always been so good to us in terms of, um, you know, volunteering your time. Uh, I always say that anybody can stroke the check, but, uh, you know, you can't make more time. And you guys, year after year, um, Mark, ML, I mean, a list, a list of like 40 bartenders come every year. It's the easiest thing to do. I mean, <laughs> you, you, you act so thankful for us doing it, but it's really, it's fun. It's a fun night for us, man. We get to see people and uh, well, you know, help out. So we've, uh, uh, you know, basically we start, uh, silent auction starts at four o'clock. The bartenders start rolling in at six. I've got about six or seven uh, celebrities on every shift. Uh, we have 50-50s, a couple 50-50s throughout the night. Of course, Killer's Cooler, which is a marine-sized cooler, loaded up with uh, every bottle of booze imaginable. Oh, it's the best, um, yeah. And we got we have three different uh, liquor sponsors. This, well, they're not sponsors because they can't be sponsors, but we're featuring uh, three different, you know, uh, we, got, we have Tito's Vodka and we have um, Bardstown Bourbon and Siempre Tequila. So they've all kicked into the cooler. Um, so we've got the cooler drawing, of course. Um, silent auction, we'll probably end up with about 60 items, lots of cool stuff. Um, Dylan Larkin, uh, has just come through huge. We have his gloves. We have a full, uh, jersey signed by the whole team. His gloves are signed, monogrammed with D-Boss on them, which is pretty hip. Uh, lots of tickets for Red Wing games. D-Boss, that's, uh, that's the nickname? Well, yeah. Do you remember the, when he was 13 years old, he made the YouTube video? Oh, yeah. And, and well, well, of course they gave him crap for that in the locker room. <laughs> and, and it took him a That's funny. I didn't, I didn't realize. Oh, that. yeah, yeah. Well, he ended up embracing it, you know, a few years well, later. Yeah, he got to. Yeah. And so, yeah, all his, uh, 
His gloves are monogrammed with D-Boss. They, had a, they, they actually <laughs> had a bobblehead night. No, this is cool. Where, where it was the D-Boss bobblehead where he's, it's him at 13 years old. Remember what the, yeah, oh yeah. You watched the video with, yeah, the, oh, yeah. uh-huh. with, the, with the flag over his shoulder yeah. sitting on the couch. <laughs> I didn't really do that. That's yeah, great. that's awesome. Yeah, in fact, I gotta get it. I gotta get one of those and get them. To Good sign sense them. of humor. Yeah, I've got I've got um, my Michigan Michigan State hockey tickets uh, for Yost. I, I think it's in February, which are you know some nice seats up in the club. Lots of good stuff. Um, and all this money goes to children yep. charities. Yeah, we've got four charities this year. Um, we started, of course, Killer started this event probably 16 years ago at the Brew House. And his first charity was Our Children's Fund, which helps uh, all the kids in Kego and Sylvan Lake area, those who go without at Christmas. So we still continue to support them. Team Joseph, of course, Duchenne Muscular Dystrophy uh, Research and Family Assistance Program. So we get some of the kids' vans and stuff like that, uh, flights to different doctors. Um, uh, Jeff Sackler's group, Defeat the Label, which is anti-bullying. And this year we added uh, Jennifer Hammond's got a, a, a pet cause of hers, and we added that into our group, which is the Downtown Boxing Gym, which is the gym in Detroit that has the Books Before Boxing program. So you have all these celebrity bartenders, and you have to you do the schedule, right? Don't Correct. Who is, who's the biggest pain in the ass to... Uh... To work around. Is there someone that demands uh, the, a certain time? Or? No, 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 no. I'll just, I'll just say it right out. There's only one person who always demands a certain time, and it's like she comes with a rider. It's Jennifer Hammond. <laughs> Far not. Gee, what made me think of that question? <laughs> no, it's Hammer. I and I love her for it. <laughs> she, always, she always wants to be on with Jamie Edmonds and, yeah. you know, whatever. It's good, but she's great. <laughs> yeah, she's in the 9 to 10 slot with uh, Larry Murphy, Jamie Edmonds, Stoney, uh, Craig Monroe, and uh, Gator Anderson. That's a good um, group. Yeah, and then the uh, Mark, uh, Drew, see, Drew, Mark, Maz, Braylon Edwards, Trudy, Brandon, and white boy Rick, Rick Worshi, are on at uh, 7 to 8. I love how Braylon's in the middle of that lineup. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He just doesn't really, I don't know, fit with the group, but I'll take it. Perfect. I'll serve him. White boy Rick, wow. White boy Rick. Then we got Thomas Hearns coming. Uh, good, great group. Lomas Brown. Mickey, D-Mac. Mickey, D-Mac, uh, Ken Daniels, TJ Lang. Wow. Yeah. A full house. Is that is that the country singer? Yeah, yeah, that's country singer from from Calgary. Uh, that would be yeah. KD KD Lang. Thank you very <laughs> much. Yeah, she, I think she had more big hits for the Lions than he did. She did. Yeah, that's okay. Constant craving. Don't ask me why I even know that. <laughs> she, that's it's a, it's a catchy tune. So so Matt, you know, tell us a little bit about first of all how I can put a bid in on those hockey tickets, and also give us a word about Killer because I hate to say this, but he's been gone so long. I think some people kind of forget who he was and he was he was a pretty pretty big and beloved figure on the Detroit sports scene for a long time. Yeah, I mean Killer so Killer was 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 a good friend of mine. Um he was he's one of those guys that literally you miss every day. Uh he believe it or not, he passed away at 51. He was the a beat writer for the Lions for 30 years, which is incredible. In fact, he just went into the uh, Michigan Sports Hall of Fame uh in October this year. He but but you know, he was a big guy. And he was, he really was gruff. I mean, he, uh, in fact, I was in here the other day and, you know, my voice was a little roached from the uh, weekend. And all I could think of was, was like, whenever I was out with Killer, you know, I mean, some of you guys have been around me uh, after a few drinks late at night and Killer used to say stuff like, uh, dude, I only understand like one out of three words coming out of your mouth or you need to come with subtitles. <laughs> so he was, he was <laughs> so he's one of those guys who was really hard on you. He had the biggest heart of just about anybody. And of course, it sucks that it was his heart that took him down. Um, but, you know, he, 
he had a thing. I'll, I'll give you a real quick story. So he and Sean Belegian were, uh, you know, um, uh, they were on the air together at uh, the fan, eleven thirty. And Sean's kids were young. I can't believe Jack, Sean's son Jack, was like in college or graduating. Should be college. graduated by now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, in Chicago. Um, yep. But anyway, Sean told me a story about a killer. Um, he goes, it was like midnight, Christmas Eve, and and Sean and Sean Bleaching uh, at his house, and and all of a sudden he heard something outside, and he opens up the door, and it's killer running away <laughs> in six inches of snow in his shorts and his and, and, and of course in his white tennis shoes. He had just dropped off packages for Jack on the porch, and he was like, "Dude, you weren't supposed to see me." <laughs> That's a great story. Yeah. Now I remember going out to a Lions practice, and you know I. I don't, I don't do what you sports writers do. And so it's a little weird. You feel like you don't belong if you're not that guy. And immediately he's like, you're coming with me. And just, you know, kind of showed you the ropes for that one day or two days. And he didn't need to do that. Yeah. No. The only one that did it. Sean didn't do it for him. No. I don't remember seeing you out there. It was no. there for one day, Sean. Yeah. No, he was, uh, he was a great presence. Back in those days at, in Allen Park at Ford, at the practice facility, there was a little room. It's a much bigger room now, but it was a tight little room for the media, and he used to sit in there. Of course, he'd hold court, you know, with the the voice. And you were talking about his heart and how much he cared. I used to always say to him because he was a he was a uh, I don't know if he, maybe he he fancied himself a little bit of a libertarian, but he liked yep. to talk he liked to talk politics all the time. And I used to say you are way too nice and care too much about people to be a Republican. <laughs> and then he would and then he would come back at me, and we would playfully go at it. But I just it was it was fun. He was one of the rare people that you could have fun with that way and talk yeah. with that way and not ever have it get too angry. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I always, I always really respected that about him. Look at the legacy he's left, man. Yep. The, the, real quick. There was, there was a, a guy in, and then it was shall remain nameless, but he had his own um, website and, uh, and, he, and he's been very rough on a lot of media people and, and, and things like that. And, and the lions and he he had the the only one he ever spoke positive and has still has the ultimate respect for his killer and because killer would respond to him in a nice mm -hmm. way and say you know you need to channel your energy elsewhere. <laughs> I mean, it was, it, you know, you know, and like killer. And real quickly to your point about him taking you under his wing yeah. that day in practice, he I think he did that with a lot of people yeah. in general. I remember. Well, I didn't think I was special. I just <laughs> no, no, no. You're very special, and of course, Mike Elwick's special, and he needs to talk because it's been a little bit, but. <laughs> The, the first time I was in Green Bay uh, for a football game, I w I'd filled in. I was filling in because something had happened. I don't remember. I, I got a call from my sports editor. Said, "Hey, can you get to Green Bay this weekend?" And um, and I said, "Sure." So he he pulls me aside. We're sitting there eating lunch before the game or game, you know, eating whatever it was, sandwiches. And he pulls me aside. And this was when Twitter was just kind of getting rolling. And he's like, "You got to start branding. You got to do this." And he was giving. He was ahead of the curve yep. with social media. Right, I mean, because the way he carried himself, you know, that big burly guy and the yeah. mustache, you wouldn't think you, you you might make certain assumptions, and you would have been wrong. He was really sophisticated and saw a lot of where we are now. He saw that coming 15 years ago. One of the first to uh, live stream, remember? And, and it, was, oh, yeah. it was funny because everyone made fun of him because he had, always had trouble with the camera <laughs> set. <and all. laughs> oh, man. Well, that not all of us judge people on their appearances like Sean Windsor does, oh, but, yeah. uh, but he was, oh, we, he we, was we, a great guy. And I love seeing him mix it up with Pat Caputo way back when, when, oh uh, when there was a lot more of a dynamic sports radio scene where we had a couple of stations and it seemed like there was just energy all over the place in this town. What were we going to say, Mark? Nothing. Don't worry about it. Okay. Yeah, so, so I'll just say that, you know, again, the event so, is Thursday night at, uh, at the Lodge Bar and Grill in Kego Harbor. 
Uh, Siren auction starts at four. Bartenders uh, start at six. Again, every hour I've got about six or seven new ones coming in. Uh, a lot of the names we mentioned. And it is free admission, and we have free valet parking. And I know you have to go, but any thoughts on any more thoughts on Saturday? Because I can't, I can't stop reliving it and thinking. Uh, it's you know, I mean, I mean, Albert doesn't want to hear this, but I mean, it's the best day I've ever had in there. I mean, I think it's obviously the biggest agree. win since '69. I mean, I, just you, I've heard other people say that. You really believe that? In fact, yeah. I got t- yeah. t- a text yesterday from Michigan people that were saying. It was since 69. I said, what about the title in 97? What about 95 and 96? And they're like, nope, nope. They were like, nope. This means means more. Yeah, I mean, if 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 that Rose 97 Rose Bowl game, I mean. Is that because we had lost so many times in the last two decades? Yeah. I just think everything where we're Harbaugh's situation. Mark, you and I, what did, at the beginning of the year, I mean, I'm thinking seven and five. Yeah. yeah. No, well, you, uh, Sean Windsor, um, the Swami over here, you had him at nine and three, and ML gave you nothing but shit for yeah. it. And now you're the only. When doesn't he? <laughs> you're the only one that. Predicted- I, I had him at one and 10, so I just had reversed it. You, you do every year, though. Um, but you're yeah. the only guy that picked a Michigan victory, not publicly in the yeah. papers, locally. Yeah. That was just lucky. I mean, I picked Miss- uh, Penn State to win. Wait, so, then yeah. why did you do it? Why'd you? If it would, I, I mean, picked Penn State to be Michigan State, so it just shows you how much you know. I don't know shit. Okay, so why did you pick Michigan to beat Ohio State? Because uh, there are a few reasons. the 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 main, the on field reason is I thought the Michigan matched up well. I just, mm-hmm. I just, I felt like with their ends uh, and David a job. Not that we want to get too much on that, because as Mark, as Mike says, it's not a sports podcast. I felt their two rush ins with Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabo would would hurry their young quarterback, C.J. Stroud, would hurry him up and that that would force enough punts to keep them, you know, in the 30 range. And one day end up with the 27 or so. Yeah. And that Michigan was going to be able to physically kind of overwhelm them and that as good as Kenneth Walker is, he's kind of a Barry Sanders all or nothing. And that didn't work because State has or Ohio State has good tackles, whereas Hassan Haskins gets into that second level and then falls forward three or four yards. Yep. Almost every time. So I felt like they'd be able to eat the clock to shrink the game, control with Hoskins. Haskins. And then I feel like my last point is the quarterback, Cade McNamara. Yeah, I like your To comment. me, has been underrated all year long. He's made the play in most of the games that's a, sometimes just a, a picking up a third and four to keep a drive going that's critical, whatever. And he has a knack for that. And I felt like he would do just enough of that. And he did. And then you add in what you're talking about with 1969. That team was sick and tired of hearing it. That coach was sick and tired of hearing it. When I heard Josh Ross on Monday last week, their linebacker say, we're tired of talking about it, and he stopped himself. He didn't want to say, but you could hear in his answer, they knew they were going to win. You could hear it. I, I thought it was because DJ Khaled did the uh, pep talk in the locker room. Did it? No, and they, I, and they I, I overwhelmed just... him, man. They, they physically overwhelmed him. Did you hear Josh Gaddis? Yesterday or the day, he was on a radio somewhere saying he thought they were soft. And Harbaugh's talking about uh, uh, Ryan Day being born on third base and thinking he hit a triple. And yeah, well, there is something. I mean, I mean, I mean, although they they've gotten all these five stars. If you look at their five stars, a lot of them are speed guys, mm-hmm. and there is and they're young. Yeah, and there is something to be said that, that and they're really young. And when Harbaugh said that, I thought, okay, you know, Ohio State's going to get them pretty good next year. Yeah, and and here's here's the other thing. And this may be my last point. Sorry, Mike. The 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 handful of times Michigan's had a good team the last twenty years, the two or three times they've had a, a good, really good team, that game has been in Columbus. 
This is the in 2006 yeah. and 2016, which were their best two teams in the last 20 years, other than this year's team. They were both in Columbus. This is the first time it worked out that that game was here, and you saw it in the false starts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was the loudest 100%. crowd I've ever heard oh, yeah. in that stadium, and home field advantage, especially in college football, it matters. And I just so that so that was my line of thinking. No, no contrarian there. You didn't just pick them to be opposite of everyone. No, and I got shit in the press box when I first got in that I was the only one. I'm like, and I'm like, you who know what? You, who gave I'm you like, shit? I could be. Well, Nick Baumgartner started off, and really? he's like, you're just trying to be contrarian. I said, no, <laughs> you know football. Don't don't you understand what's coming? This is going to be a game. I you know I I just figured it would be a late fourth quarter game. Oh. And right. they would find a way to finally make the play to it, do it. It kind of was. I mean, it, it, it was pretty tight for a while. Mark, did you see the uh, the YouTube piece that I sent? Yes. You? Oh, yeah. Is that, is that incredible? Oh, I, I mean, relief is really the best explanation. Yeah. For but but again, I picked Penn State. So what the fuck do I know? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about that, ML? Uh, well, it's not a sports cut podcast. We don't really have any knowledge of sports people, <laughs> but. Uh, but I, I did want to let you know uh, before we go, if you want to donate to the Killers Cares, <laughs> yeah. you can go to killerscares.org. That's killercares.org. Uh, you want to talk about a good cause, that's one to give it to. But, um, yeah, no, hey, I'll tell you what. We, we were watching in East Lansing. I had a tailgate in East Lansing, and we were watching – the uh, we were watching the Michigan game with great interest. I was I, I missed the beginning of the Michigan State game because we were waiting to see if Ohio State could pull it out because it was it was a it was a very exciting game. It, it felt like Michigan was in control the whole time, but in a game like this, you're never quite sure who's going to uh, who's going to make the mistake or who's going to make the big play that uh, that swings the whole damn thing. So it was it was a a great game to watch. It was a game that had me scratching my head saying, you know, why didn't we put up a better showing against Ohio state? Now, of course, bad we're a snow team. Yep. So there was no snow, um, oh, bad, bad so, matchup, uh, man. No team. No real quickly. Real who, are, quickly. Wait, who are you rooting for? Just out of curiosity. Like I said last time, I was a, I was rooting for Ohio state. I don't, I don't want yeah, Michigan to, I don't want to win the coin toss. Kindred spirits. And by the in way, fact, real quickly, in fact, uh, Harbaugh, Harbaugh after the game, said the Big Ten apologized for using a double-headed coin in the coin toss. But he said they overcame that. They got right past oh, it. Mike, the Michigan State is just a bad matchup. Their best of two defensive players are their defensive tackles, and it just doesn't matter against Ohio State yep. at all. Dude, dude, 56-7. to seven. Well, again, it's more than a bad matchup, okay, brother. What Sean, mean, but what Sean on. said no, before, it's is, a I, terrible I know, I know matchup. You want to love everybody, but that was an ass whooping of historic. It, no, but football's like that. It's, you, you get a bad matchup, and all of a sudden it's down two touchdowns, and it snowballs in a hurry, especially with an explosive offense. And they could not pressure Stroud all day long. They don't have the defense to do it. I just don't like that you were rooting against me to have any joy. That's that. very selfish. No, of you. state state fans are kindred. Ohio State, Michigan State, they're kindred well, now, souls. To, to that point, talk to Jim Schaefer. He roots for Michigan State. How often is that? that no, that, we're not kindred souls. When you have a rivalry, you don't want your rival to do well. I'm 100%. sure for years, Oklahoma fans wanted Nebraska lose every game. No, I'm sure but you Auburn both hate Ohio State. Alabama to lose every game. No, that, no, no. You both hate Ohio State. You both think Michigan looks down on you, which is true. 
Right. I mean, so you share, you have a couple things in common. And, and to that point, remember the old, like kind of the old radio trope, like, oh, well, if Michigan could beat one of them, who do you want them to beat this year? I think that final this year finally answered that I was question. Gonna, I was going to say All along, that. always said, it's Ohio State. I can take losing to Michigan State if we can beat Ohio State. If that's the, the prisoner's take, dilemma, we have, really have to have a choice. Would you, would, what do you think, Mike, as a Spartan? Would you rather have the reverse, lose to Michigan this year and be playing in Indy this Saturday? Of course, I'd rather be okay. playing in Indy. In fact, if we hadn't lost to Purdue, I think we would be playing in Indy. No, you wouldn't. Ohio so, State would have been playing in Indy with the tiebreaker system, and that would have been, oof. yeah, brutal oh. for both of you. You know what I mean? Oh my god, I could have lived with it. But he, here's the thing that I'm wondering about, and this is this is a classic Michigan situation. I think Michigan finally wins a game, and all of a sudden the big boy pants come out of the closet. The khaki pants get unfolded. And Harbaugh's already talking Yang. I'm like, dude, yeah, you know sports. what? You really want to put together a streak before you start talking shit like that. And I just. No, no, that's sports. Uh, what have you done for me lately? A, he knows it's his one chance to be on top. But I, I, I saw his comments after the game and I thought to myself. You mean about Ryan Day? Cool. Do, do you yeah, think I just thought that was stupid. That's that Ohio State's smart. coach listener. Yeah, yeah, but 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 that's that that's that that that's an that's a response to I want to hang a hundred on him. Yeah. And, and and so do you guys think that 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 what he meant by that was like, hey, when you took over the program, they were yeah. already great. Oh, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Taking credit for the streak. Stroud's and, his guy. He's coached yeah. these. Guys. No, and that's I mean, not fair that because Day call. Day took some of Myers' guys and unlocked even more out of them. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, that, so that wasn't really a well. No, and and, and we that's what I mean. I thought that, that's the one you don't want to kick the bear. Well, Luke, Luke, I mean, Fe- Luke Fickle went six and six after Trussell too, right? Yeah. So yeah, Day did do something with it. But as far as shit talk goes, I'll take it. I think it's fun. Yep, I agree. They were not as good well, up front. I think, I think as if, they if, usually if are. And that was that was Yang. He better do it when he can. Yeah. On that note, I'm going to run, guys. Uh, <laughs> thank uh, ML. Thank you for everything. Um, Killer Cares. Shunk. Killercares.org. And uh, that reminds me, one of our sponsors oh. is heavily involved too. Correct. Um, oh my God. I just want right. to say, Luke, generous gentleman. Luke and Wacky, not only incredibly generous. Uh, I'll, just, I'll just give you a quick story, ML, and this won't surprise you. Luke, uh, Luke was more than generous. I, I don't want to say how much he gave, but, but um, we have an event sponsor. Um, that, that that I held to task this year for for a, a chunk of money. The event sponsor gave seventy five hundred dollars. Luke um came close to that just on his own, and I asked him, you know, did he want? Uh, we actually uh, were sponsoring everything, the bathrooms. I told you the valet parking, everything. So um, for five thousand dollars, you could reserve two bar stools because we usually don't have bar stools. I know it sounds like a lot, but mm-hmm. you know. So a, cu- <laughs> a couple a couple companies did that, and I asked Luke if he wanted a couple bar stools, and he said nope. He said, I don't want any recognition. He said, in fact, uh, can you do something to, to raise more money? And he came up with an idea of using like cocktail napkins or a sticker on the bar with a QR code that would go directly to the website to make donations, which brilliant. which was brilliant. And we adopted. So not only did Luke give money anonymously, which is, I'm, hope, I'm making that. Not anymore. Not, but yeah. not anymore. <laughs> but he gave us a great idea to raise more money. So, And not only that, if he has money left, he could probably endow a coach at Michigan State because I'm looking at SpartanFund.net. And they are available. I just No one has done it yet. For $5 million, you can endow the uh, head coach of football or Izzo or the women's basketball coach for $2 million. Doesn't seem very equal. Or any head coach in any other sport for a million. So that's a tribute to MSU because there are guys who've given way more than that who are skipping the endowment, the name, which is great. By the way, Matt, I have a question for you. Why isn't Mike 
a celebrity bartender. He, he is. Um, he is. He is, but he's in Chicago. He's done it every year. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he's the biggest celebrity on the list. Um, I think <laughs> so. It's either him or or I would go with uh, Jennifer Hammond. There you go. Or Woody. Woody. Yeah. Or Woody. No, actually, Woody's the, the, the lodge. The lodge paid for my trip to Chicago because they realized that my one for you, one for me bartending thing is seriously <laughs> cut into their overhead. Okay, wait. and uh, it's made them difficult for them to uh, to sponsor this uh, on a financial. Wait, we're basis. allowed to do that? Uh, well, 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 while we're at that, I mean, I hate to say it, so. So Hammer Hammer's got comes with the rider. Uh, Woody is the closing act, so he's he's, he's probably the most fun bartender. But but the bartender and, and and he won't mind me saying this because I say it every year. The guy who does absolutely nothing behind the bar is Wojo. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say Drew. That's not surprising. Uh, yeah, Wojo. my money was on Drew. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. I've eaten enough of your time. Thank you, thank Matt. you guys. Yeah, well, thanks, thanks, Matt. I'm I'm going to make a donation from here in Chicago, and uh, and I wish I could be there. I I tend to uh, drive the bidding up on a lot of items, yes, and you I do. tend to. Uh, uh, failed to drive the bidding up, which is why one year I had to walk out of there with a giant pink cat house. Yeah, I, I do remember big, that. <laughs> it was a big kitty playhouse. I, I I tried to drive the bidding up on everything. I'm not a good judge of what people will really want, so I ended up buying a lot of stuff. And one year, I bought this massive plastic pink, I don't even know what the hell was going on with it, with kittens and stuff. And when it was time at the end of the night to take all the stuff home, I said, can you guys keep that in the back. And is there like an entrance I can drive around to get that and walk out with it? Because by the time I leave, everybody's pretty well toasted. So the ball busting, which starts early, never stops. Yep. And they're like, well, no, we, we're closing. So I had to walk out of the bar carrying this massive uh, thing. And I think I also had bought like a pamper me package for my wife. So they're like, dude, what, what are you, what are you doing? Here? It's just another like, effect of the I'm one sorry. for you, one for me. Yep. Uh, you know. Did uh, Rudolph enjoy the pink kit? <laughs> and all I really wanted was to be a dentist. <laughs> uh, thank you, Matt. Right, guys. And, and I do you. want to mention yeah, thanks, uh, Luke Nowacki at Pinnacle Wealth, 248-663-4748. He will provide you with rational financial advice, um, bonds, stocks. What do you want to do? How should you allocate your 401k? This is the stuff Luke knows. So get advice, get a strategy. Call Luke Nowacki at Pinnacle Wealth, 248-663-4748. Because you'll make it all about you and the kids, sweetheart. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Member FINRASIPC. Royal Alliance Associates Inc. is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names. Products or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Oh man, the geeks have inherited the earth. Did I do that? What a dork. Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek or we're turning into cool guys? So this week's Geek of the Week is a guy who only sees the glass half full, who lives to denigrate people, hmm. and who really has sort of a grinchy spirit. And that's Sean Windsor, who predicted that your Michigan Wolverines would finish a paltry nine and three. When in I, fact, the glass half these full, victors, I knew it was me. <laughs> these valiants finished 11 and one. And so, Sean, I think for your complete and utter lack of faith, for your inability to see the talent that was so abundant to everybody else, you, sir, are a geek of the week. Oh, thank you. I just uh, want to follow up, too, because we had a little text conversation after Saturday, um, yeah. which you brought up the whole, if it was snowing, we'd beat Ohio State, too, yeah. all that stuff. But you did say congrats first in your little video of you dancing. That was nice. Um, 
But I said, whatever excuses make you feel better. And you said by Wolverine logic, we're better than Ohio state, which I don't know why that's, that's right. I don't know why that's Wolverine logic, but that's uh, because every time we beat somebody that you guys be like, Oh, we're better than Wisconsin. And people can Daisy chain all day long, but you wrote seriously, congratulations. Traffic in Indy will be worse. And you're playing Iowa. So you're going to the college football playoffs. And I said, nothing's a guarantee, especially when Michigan plays Iowa. If anybody knows that history and I'm not going to Indy once again until January 10th. And you got really mad at that. You said the Wolverine fans really are the worst based on that. And I said, no, I was, no, they travel. I, I they travel being, really well. I was being simultaneously no, they, pessimistic they do. and optimistic. But the they travel time. really well. Not as well as the Buckeyes that they travel better than anybody in the big 10, but yeah. Do you was, think, do you think they travel better than Iowa? I think Iowa travels pretty well too, because any ex- chance to get out of Iowa, you know, is a good <laughs> in, excuse. In, in my experience, just, covering the big 10 basketball football the last however many years 10 years 10 15 years ohio state travels the best for football and michigan state travels the best for basketball well it's, yeah. and that makes sense right i mean they're they're traditionally at least the last 20 years the the, the top of the the top of the league programs right so by, by the way do i sound better i do have the airpods on i want to see if You'd, sean's uh advice worked well i was thinking of of the the earbuds, you have a microphone right under your mouth. Yeah, I don't have a jack for that on this, this ancient laptop. But, thanks for, uh, thanks so for is making that, th- thanks is that for a yes or a no? Uh, you sound about the same. Same. Similar. Okay. But but can you hear better? Uh, can you hear better? Because that's important, too. Yo, no, I can hear better, which is why I don't like these. <laughs> Mark, I knew but, that uh, was. I knew that was. That might be. That might be the, your funniest joke I've ever heard from you. So, congratulations! So, um, I thought the, I took a the, lot of bad ones. I thought the John McCain uh, Hanoi Hilton was. A He's on a roll today. He's not angry. We'll save this for the green room. I thought but, that was uh, pretty before good. we get out of Geek of the Week, Sean. Um, I, of course, I, I'm jesting. You, you were the only sports writer who saw a successful season ahead for Michigan. Uh, I'm not sure you picked the victories I, right. I, I didn't. But, I didn't. But what did you have for Michigan State? I could not find that as I was looking up in my <laughs> show prep. I picked them at uh, seven and five or eight and four. Seven and five. Okay. Eight okay. and four. That's, one of those two. Eight and four is reasonable. Seven, seven and five is a little shitty, but uh, but yeah. So <laughs> and your Michigan State Spartans ended up ten. And well, two. Well, and, I picked. Uh, uh, look, of course, I, as Sean acknowledged earlier, he did pick the winner of the Ohio State Michigan game. He thought it'd be a squeaker, and I, I really think it was a dominating performance by the Wolverines, the kind I've been waiting for for a long time. And I think one of the reasons why it was so dominant is because Harbaugh did something that he should have done early on, which is pick a frigging quarterback and stick with them when he when he jungled it around. That's when he blew the Michigan State game. Yeah. And, and finally, this is the first time, I think, probably in 20 years, may, maybe 15 years, maybe 15 years, where I've seen Michigan with a dominant ground game. And I think Michigan without powerful running backs is not Michigan football. I will say this regarding your quarterback comment. Um, JJ played a good amount. And when he played, he had big plays in that he game. He did, including a beautiful pass Asked, to Roman oh. Wilson down the side. In the yeah. Ohio State game? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Oh, I missed. I must have missed he that. Part. He, I, was, he, I was building he, a bonfire. He didn't play much. No, no couches. Look, as much he, as I, as much. I mean, it'd be fun to sit here and say worry. it'd be fun. I'm just, it's just not my nature to sit here and say, yeah, I was right. Whatever. It was lucky, dude. And just remember, well, you, I picked, you need occasion to say you were right. Dude. I picked Michigan. <laughs> I picked. I picked Michigan to beat Michigan State. I was wrong about that. 
Oh, my oh yeah, God. no, no. Like I said, this, this is one of the rare occasions we can actually give you some credit for prognostication. Although I and thought... we want to seize uh, it in the I, same way that Jim Harbaugh rarely gets opportunities to mock Ohio State. And that's a credit to Mel Tucker and what Michigan State did this year because, to, to be honest, that Michigan-Michigan State game was a couple of plays here and there uh, when they were up by 16, right, at one point, mm-hmm. from really getting out of hand. And Michigan kind of they knew Blake Corum dropped a ball at one point. There were a couple of little things. This always happens in football where the game's going to pivot one way or the other, and it didn't. And Michigan State then got a little momentum, and Kenneth Walker happened right. And I can't. I, can't I, I understand there were some officiating uh, matters that may have impacted the final outcome. There were. That's what I heard. Yeah. From from uh, a certain. Yeah, well, it was a certain guy he whose pants are a little too tight in the wrong places. He wasn't wrong, and neither was Mel when he talked about Purdue either. I, I didn't hear Mel say anything, but I heard Mel say something really? like, uh, uh, did. back that Brinks truck up to the Tucker estate. That's the only <laughs> thing I heard him say that week. Well, now but, that he, uh, now that no, he, so I want to go back to this, our little, our little colloquy there on Saturday. Michigan fans are dying. To big time it, they finally have an opportunity to big time it and roll into this big time, this Big Ten championship game with some confidence. And it's sort of, oh, I don't know. I say, like, where, where does that come from? I don't understand that. Maybe you're the anomaly among Michigan fans because they're usually claiming victory even when they lose. Because but, the, uh, the, the, there was a humility. Can I say that, Mark? Sure. From my perspective, there is kinda... no humility in Ann Arbor. No, no, no. There's, there's hummus, but no humility. No, that... Well, I'll talk about myself. I just I try to be as realistic as I can at looking at these things. And I, this team has been very hard to figure out. Maybe it's because I'm not the biggest fan of Harbaugh's coaching. Maybe it's because last year was a disaster. So I, I, you know, I'm fully on board. In, in all honesty, I'm fully on board. I think this is a legitimate great team. I mean, slow down, right? <laughs> the season's pretty much over, and I'm just now no, realizing that, that, that wasn't the emotion. And Mike, if they start rolling and and go back to kind of what they were under Carr, where they had really good teams every couple of years and start beating State every three out of four, four out of five, like they would like they did for 20 years there, then you'll start to see that. But right now, they're so used to Michigan State's won how many? nine of the last 12 Ohio State had won 16 of the last 17 that's what I'm talking about not humility they'd been humbled and what I saw Saturday in Ann Arbor was people weeping what no seriously there were people crying well wow, that must have been hammered. like tears of no 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 I know some people cry no yeah it's just it was kind of I think people were stunned that it actually happened you were a bit right Mark well I mean my my wallet knew right that's what I can't believe you predicted the game right, and then you j- decide to point out all the ones you've gotten wrong. That is so Sean of you. Take a victory lap. No, man. I'm not going to do it, man. Why? Be- because it's a it's a toss up. It's I hate pred- uh, take I a victory hate, lap. I hate predicting games. They make us do They're it, dumb. so I, so I do it. They are really. Dumb. I hate. It's the by far the least favorite part of my job. Other than when we did sports radio, I said the dumbest bit in sports radio is predictions because they don't matter. People like them. Do they really? I get email. I've been I, I've been getting emails from people all season about how everyone I miss, you know. Well, that's uh, that's just people want that want to give you shit. Well, of but course. As far as listening to the radio, I don't care what this person thinks the final score is. Oh, but be. that doesn't matter, right? Because I didn't, uh, you know, I never put anything. No, is is there is there some peril for the beat writers who pick against the team they cover? Like I'm thinking of everybody uh, voted against. Michigan, and I'm wondering if you're that beat writer and you walk into that locker room, particularly the, the guy covering the, the Wolverines is, is fairly new. 
Does he have to walk in that locker room and have a bunch of guys say, okay, mister, you know, what do you think about us now? You know, thanks well, for having now. the faith in us. Thanks for having the confidence in us. Well, they're, they're, two things one first of all no because covid is changing and even, and even before you never walked into michigan's locker room or any college locker room except for at bowl games that's when you could go into the locker rooms uh you go into the nfl locker rooms but that's changed too with covid so those kids don't read the paper and some do but they don't care they understand it's a prediction business i don't i don't think you're much more likely to get crap if you write something that's harsh about somebody Oh, like an individual. Well, so tell, tell yeah. us a little Did bit that, about that. When when you're the when you're the beat writer and you have a daily interaction with these folks, you know, do, do people tend to pull punches, or when they give it to them straight hard, do they know? Well, it's going to be a tough day tomorrow, and I walk in. No, there, they better, know. But it's, I better be ready. It's more about um, with the beat guys because they they kind of have to play it down. Although these days the lines are much more blurry between commentary and and uh, just sort of reporting. Mm-hmm. Right, so that's part of it. And you have plenty of beat people that also kind of write columns, like at MLive, like Kyle Mikey, for example, who who covers the Detroit Lions. He do, he does both. Mike, the bigger issue, I think, is it, where beat writers face it are the questions. You know, if you're asking a tough question, that's where you're a lot, lot more likely to get. I'm a man. I'm forty. <laughs> yeah, you're. Yeah, you're a lot more likely to get pushback. But sometimes you know, you know, you like if you write a column and you're critical. I mean, you, Drew Sharp always. Yeah. talked about this and taught me this if you're going to be critical show up the show up the next day or the next opportunity absolutely so they can so they can say something i remember one time i wrote about dominic royola a column and he'd gotten into it to fans it was like this he'd done some really stupid that. things and it was like the sixth yeah. or seventh time he'd done it and i and i called him uh and i called him out and i called him dunderheaded and that was the word i used and it was probably not the best word to use but he was so mad and, yeah, in uh, any context. Yeah, he was so mad he wanted to kill me. No, he didn't want to kill me, but he was Should so mad. Should you not have used that word because it's like nobody's used it since the 30s? Well, maybe too, but I, I, yeah. I guess it's the same as knucklehead or whatever. But but anyway, the yeah, Lions, Lions kind of brokered a meeting, so I had to go to practice and wait for him. And he was walking off the field, and Stafford was with him. And uh, he came up, and he was so. And you sacked him. And I was standing you next to the. Stafford, uh, right? Yeah, I was. I was standing. <laughs> you next, intercepted him and took him back. I was standing yeah, next to the media relations guy. Stafford when Ryola was a center. Yeah, Bill Keenis, who was a media relations guy, was standing next to me. He the one that broke the meeting. And here comes Rayola, and he's got you know he's got steam coming out of his ears, and he's so mad. And he walks up, and he said, "I am a ten-year veteran. I am a, a grown man." And he said it with all this, you know, there's rage in his voice. And Stafford said, keep cool, keep cool. And then he left. And then I just listened to him for th- a minute, 30 seconds. It wasn't that long. And then he left. And that was it. He wanted to vent to me. The next week I was in Pittsburgh and he walked up and uh, stuck his hand out and apologized. And I said, I'm sorry. I probably could have used a few different words. And that was it. Don't and he you, was kind the rest of the time. But don't you think... Um you know, it does have a chilling effect on some reporters, especially like I think ML was saying beat reporters to say anything negative. I mean, maybe more columnists because they're the ones that are going to. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, really? No, I mean, most beat guys and gals, uh, it really, it has more to do with the kind of questions that you ask because, you know, it's, it's not, and Mike will tell you this from his days as an investigative reporter, it's not easy to ask certain kind of questions sometimes, right? Especially you go into these locker rooms. Yeah. You know, and these guys are 300 pounds. I mean, there's just that natural. Because I, you know, Valeni gets a lot of shit because he doesn't go to games and he's a flamethrower, right? But I've always defended that because, you know, 
there's a lot of people that listen to him that don't go and have to confront him either. So it's kind of the voice of the fan. He used to way. go, right? Did because I remember seeing him. A he long did, time and ago. then he and then he stopped going. But I I just I thought too much was being made of that. It's like, well, you know what? Not everybody has access, and they still have opinions about it, and that's fine. You don't you don't need to. You can say what you want to say and not have to confront the people. You, it's almost good having that wall there sometimes. That's true. Sometimes no, I, I, I think it's important to show up. And I think Drew Sharp was especially right because first of all, when you show up, you, you, you make it clear that you stand behind what you said. And you also make it clear that you're not going to be intimidated and you make it clear that you're willing to stand and take whatever pushback is there. It's Which sort of is like not being, easy, right? Yeah. I mean, to be the fan who just screams at the players and you see them on the street, you're like, Oh, Hey, how, how you doing, Mr. Rill? Would you sign my kid's baseball hat? You know, those guys I have no respect for, but, well, but I, to, to say I, what you have to say and stand behind it, I think players do respect well, that. They're going to be mad. I'm sure, I'm sure Rayola is like, what's a dunderhead? Maybe somebody <laughs> explained it to him and he wasn't so mad afterwards, but I just don't you have think, to stand behind what you say. I don't think you have to go to a facility and cover a team to have an opinion about them. No, but you should interact with them whenever you can, when they do their media tour and things like that. I mean, I know Mitch Album. When uh, there have been times when he's written critical things and people give him a hard time for not being there at the stadium or in the dugout, but there was a time when he was there all the time, and I think he he gained some some credibility at least with me as a longtime reader. In fact, I, I remember Sean, you may remember this. Remember when Joaquin Andujar somebody dumped a bucket of water on his head because he was mad about something that he had he had written. Oh I mean, yeah, yeah. That that was, and then he he did a whole series of columns where he would just say something like, uh, you know, and so-and-so is acting like a jackass. Joaquin, was that you? And he made it sort of a, a running joke. But I, I do think if you're going to be critical, you have an obligation to show up and allow people to say something back to you. Because I agree. You when you're, if you're somebody calling the, you know, the 971 hot take line, you're just some goober, who cares? But if you're getting paid, you have a professional duty to be fair, to be even-handed. And to to take to take a little bit of your own medicine, and and one of the moments that I remember uh, vividly from from my time in City Hall is when Jerry Oliver, who was the police chief, was coming in, and it was his first press conference. And the Free Press had done some very very uh, legitimate and and very um, uh, uh, vigilant work, finding out that he had had a history of run-ins with women, where women accused him of being abusive to them. And when he had his first press conference, everybody was there. there. This was when the media had multiple reporters in City Hall, when we had a police reporter at the Free Press and all sorts of folks. And this press conference went on and on with him. And I was just there as a City Hall reporter sitting in the back and nobody asked him, hey, did you beat your wife? And so we get near the end of the press conference and I said, you know, hey, Chief, MLL, Detroit Free Press, you know, there've been a lot of reports saying that you may have a history of being inappropriate with women, you know, can you speak to that? And the first thing he said was, thank you for asking me that question because he wanted to address it. He didn't want to bring it up himself, but he was dying for a chance to say what he had to say. And I think when you are critical and when you do show up and when you do give people an opportunity to expound on those things, I think the real deal people appreciate and have something to say and the little bitches just start ranting and raving and doing what they do, which is good because then we know who's for real and who's a punk. Fair enough, but it seems like you guys might be the rule or the exception to it because it seems like there's just a lot of people that don't ask the tough questions or don't, you know, go and talk to those people. 
be, it seems like there is a more of a chilling effect. Well, there are to pl- even to even ask those questions. There are plenty of people that ask that ask tough questions. I see it all the time. Okay. I'm talking. What you're talking about more are the are the people that just their job is to give opinions, right? Mm-hmm. And that's especially true nationally. I mean, even Mike Rosenberg. Hot takes. Hot takes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Let's skip Bayless and Stephen A. And those oh, guys. Oh, skip Bayless. Scum of the earth. But but Stephen A. To his credit, Stephen A. Smith, who works for ESPN, to his credit, will go to events and be and put himself in front of the players. He talks about at least from time to time. So give him that. But you know, my, Mike Mike Rosenberg, uh, former columnist at the Free Press, who writes for Sports Illustrated, just eviscerated Aaron Rodgers a couple of weeks ago, right? He's not going to see him, yeah, anytime he, soon. He, he might in the playoffs. Easier, yeah, he might in the playoffs. I mean, I don't know if that makes it easier or not. I mean, but Mike was always somebody that around here, if he he was critical, I mean, if he criticized, he would show up just like Drew did. Good. Luck. Well, I wouldn't want to see Aaron Rodgers either. He might cough on me. Yeah, yeah, right. But I'm just saying. Variable. I'm just saying to Mark's point. There's so many situations now where you 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 get paid to have an opinion, but you you're not in a position to go see the people you're criticizing. So I am not having a good day. <laughs> yeah it's 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 easy to be it's, it's easy to piss on the parade it's a lot harder when you're doing it from the curb yeah right. it's like you you know you you take shots at me but you do it you do it to me so you know that's the way it should yeah, be. actually i'm being very nice to you because i'm i'm out of the room if i was there i'd be <laughs> nasty so we could go at it well and our guests left too and you guys only like we didn't go at it last level. week that's because we didn't have a guest in the studio did we yeah we had a guitarist oh that's right yeah oh we my had two God. guests oh they felt like they felt like members of the show Another guy that feels like a member of the show is David Hall from Hall Financial, 866-CALL-HALL, or check out the website, callhallfirst.com. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but rates are pretty low. They've been low. Who knows how much longer they're going to be this low. So call the mortgage experts at Hall Financial for a free five-minute mortgage review. See if you qualify for Hall Financial's no appraisal eight-day close. Your home is worth more than ever right now. They have so many five-star reviews. ML, you gave them a five-star review. So I think they're. I gave them two five star reviews. In fact, like a, they just sent me like something in the mail. Outla- out, excuse me, outlining uh, the new rate they can give me on my uh, on the more one of the mortgages I have with them. And folks, it's like more than a point lower. So really? that's a deal that you want to check out. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, in fact, uh, as soon as I hang up, I'm going to call Hall. <laughs> yeah, eight six six call Hall. Call Hall first. Dot com. They're even available on the weekend, seven days a week. NMLS number one four six seven four three five. Okay, so if you're still if you're still consuming this podcast, you're just listening. We got rid of all those Facebook Live and those YouTube Live folks who just want to see the show. You are one of the true fans who are here for the beginning to the end, and now you're here for Room Seven Six Nine, our new wave feature where we try and highlight some underappreciated new wave tunes, either from a band that you've always loved but didn't know they played this particular ditty or from a band that you'd never heard of before. And we've been looking for a theme month. And so far we've only had one suggestion that was to do soundtracks. So I've kind of cobbled together a little bit of a hybrid here 
where we are going to play new wave tracks in December that have been heard on the show Ashes to Ashes, which is a fantastic British uh, time travel police procedural. It is the second series inspired by Life on Mars, which first was played in England, and then there was an American version. This band you may have heard is called The Passions, with I'm in love with the German film star. she's in love uh apparently with someone who's appeared in the german cinema as they call it in new wave world so that's the passions sort of a ethereal sound 
haunting guitar sounds a little bit like some very early Cure, who they toured oh, yeah, with back in the 1980s. Good word, by but, the way. Uh, uh, you know, the first time I used it, I thought it was ethereal, and I was mocked. <laughs> I hate but, that, man. But, 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 you, uh, but you but you but you the guy who mocked me also uh slept with a gun under his pillow and i think may have been a creeper so you persevered you persevered i'm proud of you i pushed through i pushed through so um so what, what's a what what uh, thoughts on the passions i liked it i thought it was good i once again another band i never heard of yeah and and will never be heard of again i don't know how the producers uh of ashes to ashes came up with this tune because it really did not make much of a, a, a mark and they really faded shortly after uh this hit the charts maybe it was but, free um, oh could be i'm sure the i'm sure the rights were uh you know what do you got in your pocket but uh but ashes to ashes have you guys seen this show before no no Okay, Sean, you're a Brit Box guy. Uh, you ever catch Ashes to Ashes? I've not seen it. No, I was just looking at it here. Um, uh-uh. It's but, outstanding. It, it, Life on Mars. Did you guys ever see Life on Mars? No. When did these uh, When did these shows come out? So, some time ago. It was a while ago. <laughs> what, early 80s? But, By uh, the way, where's Teresa? Yeah. Can she wave or say hi to us? Or uh, No, she's, she's busy doing uh, whatever she's doing. This is she, her podcast comes on after this. She's, she's uh she's filling in for Charlotte. <laughs> yeah, because she knows she doesn't want to do one. She's guest hosting. <laughs> it's, it's turning into a permanent gig. <laughs> but uh but yeah, these shows are it, it, they start with the premise that there's a uh, uh police detective in modern times who's been uh the victim of a traumatic accident and is somehow transported back into a distinct period. Other than being very uh, compelling shows, there's an amazing soundtrack. There's all these great new wave hits playing in the background, many of which you'll recognize, a lot of Duran Duran, and some of which you've never heard of before, like The Passions. So we will be playing, and feel free to check out Ashes to Ashes and suggest some of your favorite uh, music beds from, uh, from that show throughout the month of December. And if you really want new wave Christmas music, we invite you to check out our episode from last year, our Christmas episode, which was all new wave music. It's uh, it's really nice to know that uh, Bruce Springsteen isn't the only guy who did kind of a different Christmas tune. So so check out that episode, which you'll find at mlsoulofdetroit.com. And it is Giving Tuesday. So we would like to That's encourage right. you yeah. to give us some money. You can, of course, <laughs> donate to Killer Care to the charity of your choice. But uh, there's also a little button at uh, mlsoldetroit.com, which you can click on. And that's what Joe did. He sent us $20 with this thoughtful note. I sent $40 to the Carlos and Sean podcast. So uh, thanks, Joe. <laughs> Jerk. I love it. I, I, I think. And of course, we would love it if you would like to sponsor the show. If you have a product or a business that you want to tell people about, we are now one of the top 50 news and commentary podcast in the ukraine oh right so we can reach that audience you're looking for we actually fell out of the top 50 we we're in the top 20 for a little while but we are one of the top news and commentary podcasts in america and perhaps the number one in michigan so reach your audience by sponsoring us i'm ashamed to tell you as i will only tell you in a private conversation because i'm so ashamed how cheap it is to sponsor this show give us a call send us an email mlsoldetroit at gmail.com 
and we will have that conversation. Where are you staying, by the way? Uh, I am staying at uh, some sort of Hilton thing in Chicago. I feel like Sean's trying to dox you. He wants to know why oh, you're there. He wants to know why you're there, where you're staying, where's Teresa. No, I was just curious if it was a hotel or a bed and breakfast. I mean, I'm only interested because you're being very cryptic about it all. But maybe that's your plan. Oh, no, no. This is this is some points club thing that I got rooked into many years ago, which we've never used. And finally, we're like, you know what? We, we haven't had a lot of time together, so we need to get out of town, and we may as well use this points club. So we're, we're at some sort of Hilton property here in downtown Chicago, which is is very nice but uh but i'm more of a youth hostel airbnb type of guy of course you are but uh but uh despite my uh, uh, my natural uh, he was in a four-bedroom mansion in west lafayette don't let him fool you youth hostel (laughs) beautiful artwork i saw exactly youth hostel yeah (laughs) that was uh i mean that's fun when you're 20. (laughs) any other feedback so uh yes uh some guy uh Carlos Manaros Manaros uh, tweeted on Saturday, R E S P E C T, Mr. Sean Windsor. Wonder what Mr. Elric will have to say about this yeah. Tuesday. And I think he was referring to the outcome of the Wolverine Buckeyes game, which I had hoped would end in a 0 0 tie. Because the um, Drew and Mike podcast people went, went crazy about that tweet. Well, he, Drew, retweeted it. Yeah. Okay. Because you had the balls to pick him. Doesn't take any guts. It's just a pick. Well, he called a close game. It was a walk. It was obviously a, a complete and utter misread of the situation, but that's what I have to say about it. Uh, uh, Wait, that's mon- what's, here's what's funny, ML. You didn't, just, you didn't need to say anything about it because he himself just shit all over it. No, no, no but I will say, to, to my credit, I felt like they were going to win the last for a few weeks now. So, Wow. Well, I wouldn't have felt it for the last few weeks, but certainly your rationale that you gave earlier in the show makes a lot of sense. Well, I've been telling Mark on and off for yeah, you have. six weeks this team's better than he thinks it is. So. Yeah, I just I had no faith that they can win on the road, and then that win at Wisconsin and then Penn State, it's kind of like, okay, well, maybe this team is a little different. That Nebraska win was a sneaky, sneaky, sure. important win. Sure. Huge win. Anyway. Oh, I, I thought the Wisconsin win is the one that, that signaled that this Michigan team might be different than previous Michigan teams. I wasn't as impressed with Penn State. I certainly wasn't as impressed with the Nebraska game. But going into uh, going into Camp Randall and, and just trucking uh, Wisconsin like that, I mean, this is not one of those, those monster uh, Badger teams, but Camp Randall, that's boy, – oh boy, that's a tough place to play. I, I saw Mark D'Antonio basically uh, – uh, make out the first drafters retirement papers in madison one one year that's 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 a that's a that's a that's a big house too. well they hadn't won there in 20 years but you're right that that badger team wasn't humming at that point i feel like the nebraska game was actually more impressive because nebraska is talented and tough and they just you know and they had uh, they had a lead in the, at night and they had a lead in the fourth quarter and and michigan did what they had not I was, done i was reading uh, a very smart well, they did what they should have done in iowa several years ago but didn't do Oh, in 2016? Yeah. 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 Um, I was reading a very smart columnist today who pointed out a play in that Wisconsin game where Cade McNamara hit Blake Corum for a first down early on. I think it was a third drive or so to keep that going to move and change field possession. And that's the little things Cade does. That um, and Yeah, that, he scrambled in the back of the end zone. One of those small. Well, that, Angelique doesn't miss a trick. <laughs> that was a risky, risky. 
But not only that, Dang. but then so he makes that bad play at Penn State, well, which really wasn't his fault, where he fumbled and Penn State took right. the lead, which you know, that team in the past, Michigan in the past, I don't know if they come back from that. They just don't think they He threw do. a pick six at Nebraska and came back from exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. So there's something there's something about The other him. day he threw a, a pick that where they were about to go up fourteen to nothing. That's awful. And you could feel the air going out of that stadium thinking, Okay, here we go, right? Yeah. And then they take the lead, they're not up ten seven and and uh, he led that drive to get to 14-13 for the half, Love which it. I thought was the big, most important drive of the day. January the January 10th. Here we come, right, ML? Uh, January 10th, you'll be watching the game with me somewhere. So here's but, how, uh, here's how it, I think about it real quick. masks on. So Iowa is a, a less talented version of Michigan. You should beat Iowa. I don't think you'll beat them by a lot. I mean, maybe you will, but... And then Georgia is a little more talented version of Michigan. So, well, that would be the championship game, right? right? But I think you can beat anybody else for sure. And who knows? By that point, you might you might be able to roll with Michigan. I mean, Georgia. Oh, I don't know. About Does that. Alabama beat Georgia? I mean, they no. could. They've no. got their Alabama could just because they've got talent. They're just young, right? Yeah, I had a, Georgia's a different level of defensive line. Well, front seven. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. those linebackers. Yeah, the front seven. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, and that'll make it tough for Michigan to run, but that's a long way off. The D list one tweeted on Sunday ML is a douche. Why? I don't find you to be that way at all. He's a little douchey. I don't even know what a douche is. (laughs) Anyways, um, a dowry and a douche. (laughs) Let me guess the Carlos and Sean podcast is going to be talking about Wolverine football we're actually our special guest today uh for this week is jim schaefer who's going to come on and talk about the pain of losing this game and and uh how he's also sort of happy the rivalry is back at least for now and went anywhere yeah well it never went anywhere he had been telling me for years he wanted michigan to get good again because it was more enjoyable okay to beat him Okay. When they're good, and he wanted the risk he wanted that he wanted the possibility of suffering (laughs) such a lie he yeah, said, but then he, I said, you still, I said, you still feel that way. We talked last night. I said, you still feel that way. Uh, now, now yeah. that your team lost and he said, well, I'm not going to lie. I no Buckeye. Every Buckeye will tell you they've enjoyed beating the crap out of Michigan for 17. Exactly. Years. <laughs> so it was a lie. Yeah, no, their real rival is whoever's coming out of the sec, but no, the only other guy I've, I've well, not the only other guy, but the guy who I, I thought you were channeling on Saturday, Mark, was Schaefer, because he's the guy always like, Ohio State's favored by 50. He's like, I don't know. This could be one of those games where we just don't pull it out. I don't know that we're as good as everybody well, says. So they he's, go and win by 100. It's like, just relax. You know what? Yeah. Schaefer's a couple of years from 60. So, yes, it's been great for him the last 15 years. But he remembers the Cooper years? Absolutely. <laughs> and then going back and forth in the 80s, you know what I mean? Earl Bruce. Yeah. They, they, you know, but he especially remembers the Cooper years. And that does something to you, right? Kind of like how you felt. I just don't know what to make. I, st- I just didn't know what to make of this team all year, but I'm fully on board now. So they'll probably lose. Anybody who thinks Michigan isn't going to beat Iowa is either not a Michigan fan or doesn't know anything about college football. Well, That's I, that. I don't think they will lose to them, but uh, I don't know. You just ne- you never know. Right? They could lose 13-10 to 10 and turnovers and whatever. Uh, and Jim Schaefer, for those of you who don't know, is uh, is one of the top editors at the Free Press, well-known for many years for doing his A Few Minutes with Colin. And that's it. Nothing else. Never won a Pulitzer or anything. Oh, did that win a Pulitzer? Wait, did oh. he? Did he get a uh, a pay cut too? 
Oh, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I, I did, yeah. though. Oh, boy, I never <laughs> yeah, forget Everybody that. got a pick. We should try talk about that a little bit more. Whenever yeah. you talk about everybody, your, everybody got a pick. Whenever you talk about your is it Pulitzer or what did you? How do you pronounce it? Pulitzer, Pulitzer. I don't. I don't talk about it because I can't pick. Yeah. I just exactly. want to point there that it is. out. That's I want to point that out, Mark. Everybody got a pick. I know, but I just like that every time he talks about winning a pretty prestigious award. He has to mention that. It well, came thanks to, to Mike. I mean, Mike. Mike <laughs> wouldn't toot his own horn with something like this, but but thanks to Mike and the hard work of a lot of other people who ran that union, the pay cut was half of what they initially wanted it to be. So, oh, there you go. So there you go. Kudos. We risked our lives. Well, you saved a lot of people uh, a lot of heartache, I'm sure, financially. I actually participated in some charity thing that the newspaper was doing, or we were in a dunk tank uh, out front of the newspaper building to raise money for United Way or something like that. And on my chest, I had written with a big Sharpie, 13.5% with a big no symbol through it, because that was what they were asking yeah, us to take. So were, we, we tried off. to get right in their face. Yeah. So, yeah. But so, all, all, so, all the bosses said was nice pecs. So kudos to Mike. Congratulations! It wasn't. It wasn't Drew, just me. Drew, there, Drew. Were, there were some. There's some look very at, tiny look at Mike. people. Look at Mike. Does he look Drew, like? Drew I just, allowed to assist me in saving the world. Does he look like Herbie the dentist? <laughs> There's a resemblance. Actually, it's Hermie. That's if all we're gonna, say. You know, we're going to get down to it. It's, it's Hermie. I don't know. It's a, it's a fierce debate online if it's Hermie or Herbie. That's it. It's it's her man. This is this is this is not a uh, original observation. I, I'm very familiar with this. Uh, he was, of course, the <laughs> oh, most handsome of all the rank and so, bass characters. So here we so go. I, I take, so finally, I an hour in. in finally, Mark, an hour in, he's criticizing the 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 fun I'm having with him. It's not just, an it's not an original observation. Just in time for Cyrus. Exactly. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, so if uh, you know, if you got some spare time, you can do what I did for a portion of this show: is listen to the Charlie Ladus No BS News Hour, the Drew and Mike podcast. They're also featured here on the Red Shovel Network. And uh, until next week, we ask our friend Cyrus to take us out. Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? You're not elected, ML Eric. Next on the Soul of Detroit.